This week on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm sharing with you the audio portion of our last YouTube show, Ask Dr. Susan Live. And if you have a question to ask me, you can submit it to drsusan.com. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N.com slash ask. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Ask Dr. Susan Live where you can submit a question. And if we accept your question, you can call in and ask me the question on this show. And we have a really great question coming in from our first caller. Let's see if we have her on the line. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Well, thank you for submitting your question. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, let's hear what you have to ask. Okay. Well, um, I started hormone replacement therapy this past May and I do the pellets and I feel so much better. The only thing I'm having difficulty dealing with is that I've gained at least 12 or 13 pounds since, oh, no. May, since I started. And I, uh, you know, I keep telling them about this and how it's bothering me. And they said that it will even out over time, but, um, I just, I've never weighed this much since I was in college back in the eighties. Oh, that's so frustrating. And now, are you getting both estrogen and testosterone? Mm-hmm. I'm doing all three, yes, in the pellets, right. And then you're taking progesterone probably at night, I'm guessing? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you uh, went back after your first pellet to have your blood drawn. Usually, we would do that six weeks after the first pellet. Yes, yes. And they do. they just did it again last week. So they usually do that, and then they just adjust things. But they've been increasing me slowly since May. Oh, they've been increasing you. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I um, went there and I was, I had nothing in my system. Oh. Yeah. I was at the lowest of low. Right. Well, that's where I started too, at zero. Um, so, you know, ideally when we use hormone pellets, we won't gain weight. In fact, you know, one of the benefits of hormone pellets is that by increasing our testosterone and allowing us to gain muscle, we can actually burn more fat. So it's really frustrating when that happens. I'm so sorry that's happened to you. Yeah. Um, but either of those hormones, estradiol or testosterone can cause weight gain if they're given in higher doses than what I would suggest. So it's a, it's usually, if not always, a dosing situation. So one of the things about hormone pellets is that it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. So if a patient of mine were gaining weight, I would not increase their hormones because that would be a signal to me that they were already getting too much. Uh, testosterone and estrogen can make us retain water. Uh-huh. So another interesting thing to do would be, and you, you may have done this, a body composition, which we do at our office, to see where the weight's coming from. You know, sometimes we'll see a patient's gain five pounds of water, which is easy right. to address with a short-term diuretic. Other times they've gained five pounds of muscle. Now, that, uh-huh. that's probably not the case for you because you feel great <laughs> if that were the case. Right. <laughs> Uh, but if you've gained, not. yeah, if you've gained five pounds of fat, that's a that's a different story, and we certainly don't want that. We you know we want the hormones to kick you into a fat burning situation where you're able mm-hmm. to burn more fat as your basal metabolic rate goes up. So right. I'm really glad you're feeling better. That's wonderful. I, do. I feel so much better. Yeah, well, that's fantastic because the hormones are obviously high enough to get rid of all the symptoms that you are having. What are some of the symptoms that have gone away? Oh, I think I had every symptom on that piece of paper that they send out about menopause. Um, I have, well, now I'm sleeping, thank goodness. Wonderful. I was probably only sleeping an hour and a half, two hours, and I was awake, and then sleeping another two hours, and I had terrible hot flashes, and um, I was irritable, and I didn't think I was, but my husband told me I was. <laughs> yeah, they usually are. <laughs> sometimes either. you just don't know. <laughs> 
They're usually the first to know. So if all your symptoms went away, your dose is obviously high enough. So, yeah. so we can say that for sure. And then I would guess that for you, your dose is probably too high. Now, um, if, if we set our minds on a specific number that we want a patient to get to, for example, if we want every patient to get to an estradiol level of 100 or make up a number, we're going to find patients have side effects because everybody's not the same. Some people feel really good on a lower dose and others are retaining water and, and gaining fat because their dose is too high. Mm-hmm. So I think just because of your history, you've shown us that your dose is too high for you. If you've got, right. if you've gained weight I and mean, right. it's really frustrating. Now it is reversible, but you know, one of the main complaints that we have, and I'm sure that, that you had is that you don't want to gain weight. I mean, that's like the last right. thing that we want. Right. Right. I know. And it's hard because, you know, I've gained the weight. However, I feel so much better. That's like, Oh, I don't know which one I, I want to have it all. And I feel well, like we can, I think you can, I think you can have it all. So you've proven that your dose is high enough. And I think mm-hmm. that you've shown that your dose is too high for you. Mm-hmm. And so you could lower the dose and still have symptom relief and not have right. the weight gain. So I think you definitely can find the happy medium. And it's really frustrating when this happens for, you know, for us too as the providers, because we just want everything to be perfect. But definitely for our patients, it's very frustrating. Occasionally we'll have patients who have weight gain too. I mean, it's nothing that the provider did wrong. It just sometimes happens because someone can be more sensitive than we expect. So I think a, a really good idea as a provider is to dose on the low side when we're starting out, because occasionally people will have this, you know, I would call it a hypersensitivity to the hormones and have more side effects than others. So we always start dosing lower than expected. And if someone was having a side effect like weight gain, I would not want to increase the dose to get the piece of paper to read a certain number because your your body's telling us that you're getting too much. It's not harmful. Yeah. I mean, you feel great. So that's wonderful. Yeah. But, um, you know, weight gain is, you know, who wants that? We want you to, <laughs> we want you to have it all. So the issue would be, you know, how to explain this to your provider, you know, if they have said in their mind that they want you to be at a certain level, um, you know, you might have to have a pretty good discussion with them about the fact that, you know, your weight gain is showing that your levels could be lower. And, you know, we always respond to patients' wishes in our office. And, you know, sometimes people just feel better on a much lower dose than one would think. Personally, if I were you, keep on the protocol because you feel really well and just see if you can get them to try dosing, you know, quite a bit lower. And I think your side effects will still be gone and you won't have the weight gain to deal with. That would be so great. That would be so great. I know. I think um, next week I'm due for another pellet insertion. So I wasn't sure if I should just say hold off on it or should they just lower dose me? next week. Yeah. So the pellet is going to metabolize at the same rate, no matter what dose you get, you know, within reason. So if you've been at say three and a half months and you do for another pellet, what I would do in your situation is just get a lower dose. Okay. Because we don't want it to totally disappear. If if you held off on getting another pellet, the one you currently have will completely disappear in a few weeks and you'll go back to having those same symptoms again, which would be miserable. It sure would. So I would- Yes, we don't want that. So perhaps I would just talk to them about trying a lower dose. And, you know, hopefully they'll be open to listen to your concerns because that's a significant amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you to have to deal with that. The idea that you mentioned that it will just kind of even out and go away on its own. I'm not quite sure if that's true. 
In fact, what we see with pellets when we get one after another is uh, what we call a stacking effect where the dose actually goes up in your blood because you've got a little bit of the old pellet and then now we're adding another pellet. And so your levels will actually go up over time. So in order to keep your levels the same over time, we actually need to decrease the pellet dose. So if they gave you the same dose this time, it would even go up further because you're not starting from zero anymore. So dropping the dose for subsequent pellets is something that we do most of the time. That's excellent information. Well, thanks for sharing and let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear the flip side of the story. Okay, I absolutely will. Thank you so much for taking my call today. My pleasure. And you have a great afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I know that's a question that so many people have because I've talked about this a hundred times. Weight gain is the number one most common complaint that we have in menopause, apart from the obvious menopausal symptoms. So of course we don't want to gain more weight. And it's just not true that pellets make you gain weight. I have not seen that in the thousands of patients that we've experienced with pellets. Just a few have gained some weight temporarily when their dose was too high because they were very sensitive. So it's really important. I think the number one takeaway is to make sure your provider doses you a little bit lower than the calculator suggests, especially the first time, because you don't know how you're going to react. So it's really easy to get a little bit more if your dose too low, but it's not so easy to drop the dose. If your dose too high, you have no option but to just wait for it to wear off. So that was a great question. We have another caller today. We have Susie on the line. Hi, Susie. Hi, Dr. Susan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? And thank you for submitting a question. What's your question for me today? My question is, what's my first step and how I prepare myself? How you prepare yourself for menopause? Yeah. Um, Let me ask how old you are. 46. 46, and you're still having regular periods? No signs of menopause yet? No signs at all. Right. Well, good for you. You're lucky. A lot of us start having <laughs> uh, perimenopausal symptoms early in our 40s. So yeah, that's why I was just curious about it. Yeah. Well, I think it's wonderful to start thinking about menopause before it happens, because honestly, most of us are, even myself as a doctor, I was surprised when it happened to me. We're not prepared, right? Uh, do, Correct. Do you feel educated about menopause or do you feel like it's been no, sort really. of... It's just like it's a little bit of fog. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. Right now, it's just a little bit of fog about it. Right. You know, and it's so interesting, isn't it? Because our, our teenage girls, I have two teenage girls, they get taught so much to prepare them for their first period. And there's all this Correct. sex education. And they they feel so prepared nowadays. But we don't get any education about menopause at all. Just what we pick up here and there, like you said. So. Yeah. I think it's a really great question to ask and just become educated. You know, it's a shame really that women have to be advocates for themselves like you are to actually even be brave enough to ask this question and talk to your friends and start looking online to get information because you're probably not going to get good information from your doctors, unfortunately. But I would start just educating myself. You know, you can look at shows like mine, as you've obviously been doing. So thank you for doing that. There's some really great books out there about menopause. There's some really great resources, but you do have to go out and find them. So just knowing what to expect, I think, is really important. So at 46, we don't know when you're going to go through menopause. Uh, The average age is 50 to 51 when you stop having periods. So I would guess, just based on that, that it'll be a few more years, but we never know. So just for a matter of interest, um, I always like to check my patients' hormones when they're in their mid-40s, and that can give you some information about where you are 
in the spectrum, whether you're going to go through menopause a little bit sooner than later, at least it can give you some information. So that's an idea. If you can get your doctor to do that for you, it can be really helpful just for you to be a little bit more prepared. And, you know, when we do that in our office, we can, you know, often give a patient a little bit more information about, it's still a guess, you know, we don't know for sure, of course, but when it might happen, whether it's going to be a year or two, or maybe it's still going to be another 10 years, because sometimes patients still have periods into their mid-50s. But just knowing what to expect about what might happen as far as symptoms that might come up over the next few years, your periods are going to get less regular. Often they get closer together, first of all. So instead of every 28 days, they could be every 25 or 23. And then you'll start skipping them. Okay. They can get heavier. That's often something that happens when our estrogen goes up. We can get fat around the middle. I don't know if any of this has started happening to you yet. Uh, no, it's not yet. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. Sleep problems sometimes can happen, and then hot flashes, night sweats, body aches, all kinds of things. You can read a huge list of symptoms that could happen. Now, that being said, you might be in the lucky 5% that has none of those symptoms. About 5% of women pass through menopause and don't bat an eye. They feel great the whole time. So even though it's good to know what you might expect, you know, we don't have to expect that it's going to be terrible. Sometimes it can be pretty manageable. Another thing I would suggest is just having a relationship with a doctor who specializes in hormones or understands menopause so then when it does happen, that you have somewhere to go and you don't feel like you've got to shuffle around trying to find a doctor when you're feeling terrible. Like make sure you've got a relationship with someone already who knows what to expect and is going to walk through the journey with you. First step is just education, you know, and it's so sad that we're not all educated about menopause, even as doctors. I feel that too, because uh, I found out more, I got more curious when I started watching your podcast and went to your uh, YouTube and see you over there. So that's what I'm starting to get more curious about. I speak to my friend and she started having the symptoms. I said, okay, so when I'm going to be having the symptoms? Right. Well, a lot of your friends probably are having them right now. Like you said, I had symptoms at 46, 47. Some patients can be in their 30s. And then I saw a patient today who was 58 and still having a period every month and no symptoms. So there's a big range. But just having a resource backed up so that when it happens, you've got somewhere to go and you feel like you're in really good hands and you're not falling into a gap. You know, a lot of us feel this way. And I did when I started going through menopause that there wasn't really anybody there to care for me. You know, we had the gynecologist for the pregnant ladies and maybe for the postpartum. And then there was sort of a gap where nobody really cared too much about us. And then there's doctors who take care of elderly patients, but there really wasn't much for the 45 to 55 group. So, you know, starting by checking your hormones might be a good place to start. And there's plenty of options to help you feel good if it turns out that you do get into trouble with some of those nasty menopause symptoms. So no reason why you have to struggle with menopause anymore. We can make you feel as good as ever with bioidentical hormone replacement. I mean, just make it's life-changing. That's my next step because I already set up appointments with one local for me to see how it is and everything too. Good. So yeah, when you go see a new doctor, just listen to your intuition. If you feel like it's a good match, wonderful. If you don't and they're giving you answers that you don't like, just move on and you know, you're know you the customer. Time to look for somebody else. <laughs> right. I, I think it's really important that doctors and patients recognize the patient is the customer. You know, The doctor is your servant. So if you're not finding that they're taking care of you the way that you should be taken care of and they're not 
on your wavelength, move on to the next one because it's a big part of your life that you're going to have this person walking with you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Susan. Oh, my pleasure. Well, thank you for asking that question. That's really important. And people ignore perimenopause all the time. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Lots of other people will want to know about that too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You have a good afternoon. You too. Yeah. And that just highlights again, just the importance of education about perimenopause and menopause and how much we're lacking. So do all those things. If you're in your mid forties, I would get your hormones checked, set up a relationship with a doctor who cares about hormones and understands so that you know where to go when the time comes. And then just start educating yourself and you'll be more prepared and you'll probably know more than your doctor does by the time that time comes. We have a question today from Melissa. I think we have Melissa on the line. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I thank you so much for submitting your question. Of uh, what's your question for me today? I am recently uh, turned 50 this year and also a breast cancer survivor. And I wanted to know if there's anything that can be done for women going through menopause and must take hormone blockers like tamoxifen. Oh, of course. Yeah, so tough. Well, first, congratulations for being a breast cancer survivor. And, and if you're taking tamoxifen, I'm guessing you're still within the first few years after your diagnosis. So many um, listeners might not know that tamoxifen is usually given for five years after the diagnosis. And it, it can be pretty rough, right? Hot flashes, night sweats, lots of yucky side effects from yes. taking this medication. But obviously it's really important for you to take because tamoxifen reduces the risk of breast cancer recurrence. And I know you know this already, but just for our listeners, tamoxifen acts like an anti-estrogen. So it, at least at the level of the breast. And so it also acts as an anti-estrogen in our brain. So it causes some nasty hot flashes that I'm sure you're experiencing as well as vaginal dryness and lots of other unpleasant stuff. The good news is that you still can take testosterone. And um, I'm so glad that you asked this question because a lot of patients are told by their physician that they can't take any hormones, that hormones are just bad across the board. What's actually the hormone that you don't want to be taking right now is estradiol because estrogen can increase your risk of breast cancer recurrence. You know, you probably had a breast cancer. Well, I'm sure you had a breast cancer that was estrogen receptor positive, which is why they put you on tamoxifen. There's some really great research, and you can look up this name. Uh, there's a very famous breast oncologist named Rebecca Glazer, G-L-A-S-E-R. And if you look her up online, she is the guru who's done all of the studies on testosterone and breast cancer. And she uses testosterone in her own breast cancer patients and has done many, many studies. The long story short is that testosterone is not only safe for active breast cancer patients like yourself or patients who are still within that five-year window from their diagnosis, but it actually can uh, reduce the incidence of breast cancer recurrence. So it's not only not harmful, but it's actually beneficial and the good news is for more than 85% of her patients, those symptoms that you're experiencing were diminished dramatically. You know, maybe didn't completely go away, but really diminished. So it's true that estrogen's not good for you to take right now, but it's absolutely fine for you to take testosterone. And all of her studies were done with testosterone in pellet form because we get a nice, stable, even dose of testosterone rather than a, you know, really up and down dose that you might get with a cream. You know, the difficulty that you might have is that many doctors don't know about this research. So that's why I'm giving it to you so you can actually take it to your oncologist and say, you know, look at this data from Dr. Glazer. And there's so much of it on her website, which is uh, millenniumwellness.org, I believe. But if you look at Rebecca Glazer, you'll find it. 
you may have to take that to your doctor because they'll probably say, well, we don't know about that. Um, We haven't heard about that because it's just now getting into the mainstream of breast oncology. And so the traditional way, if you have a doctor who's, you know, a little bit more mature would just be to tell you not to take anything. And I'm guessing that's probably what they told you. Yes. Yes, they told me I couldn't take any type of hormone replacement. Right. And that, that's what 90% of uh, breast oncologists will say. Uh, but we're learning now that testosterone is an exception, and it can be really helpful for symptoms, even like vaginal dryness. Of course, the hot flashes, night sweats, it supports your bone, it helps your libido, it helps you to maintain muscle, it really helps you to get your quality of life back, and it's totally safe. For breast cancer patients, we can even say it most likely is even safer than not taking it, which is pretty amazing. So check out that research and you may have to, you know, be the advocate who actually takes it to your doctor and shows it to them so that they can learn and you'll know more about testosterone and breast cancer than they do most likely if you just look at her website and read a couple of the most recent papers that she's published. So we're really excited about that, that there is something to offer breast cancer patients now because, you know, thank God you're cancer's gone, you'll be cancer-free, and you're a survivor, but quality of life is so important, right? I mean, yes. I've had patients who've said to me, look, I, you know, I know that I don't have cancer anymore, but truthfully, I don't really feel like celebrating because I feel like crap. And, you know, quality of life is so important. Um, we want you to live a long life, and we want you to have a high-quality life as well. So you can certainly move in that direction if you think about adding testosterone to your regimen. Tell me about another uh, symptom. We talked briefly about vaginal dryness. That's, that's usually a problem with tamoxifen. Yes, and I'm having, you know, of course, the low libido and then um, yeah. constant joint bone pain. I've had some weight gains. I just don't mm. feel myself or normal yeah. like I did at one point. Yeah, I mean, that's so tough. I mean, you've just gone through a, a cancer diagnosis in the past few years and then all of that on top of it. And I know I always say, you know, if we lose our libido and then it's going to hurt because we've got dryness, I mean, that's going to put a dead stop to any sexual activity. And then that's tough for relationships too, after all your family's already been through. So another thing to consider um, is vaginal laser, because the lack of estrogen in the vagina, now testosterone will be helpful in this way. But another thing that's helpful is using vaginal laser to stimulate healthier tissue. So you get that moisture back and that can get rid of the pain within a course. And that was actually designed for breast cancer patients. So you'd be the perfect patient uh, to have a vaginal laser procedure. And then if you were under my care, I'd give you a testosterone pellet and you'd feel so much better. So I hope that, you know, more doctors will get educated about this so that it's something that we can offer to our breast cancer patients. So you can be cancer free and have a great quality of life back again. Great. Well, thank you so much. I will definitely look into that research and pass it along to my doctors as well. Yeah. Well, I hope that that goes well. And then we'd love to hear back from you and let us know how that all goes. And hopefully next time I hear from you, you're going to be feeling a whole lot better. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for calling and have a great afternoon. You too. So such a common question. We get that every single day about breast cancer and hormones. So check it out. Rebecca Glazer, G-L-A-S-E-R, has done some incredible work on testosterone and breast cancer patients. And so it's really irrefutable at this point unarguable that testosterone is safe for breast cancer patients and it can remarkably improve quality of life. So I'm so glad that that question was asked. So if you have a question for me, you can submit it to drsusan.com slash ask, and I'll look forward to talking to you on our next episode. 